Hey, Ricky, are, are we recording right now? Is this thing even on? Uh, bro, how many times I gotta tell you, hit the red button, dude. Ah, uh, well, here we go. Hopefully this will work. Today, I hope I get a couple of my picks right. Welcome to the Irrelevant Sports Guys Podcast. I'm Adam. And this is Ricky. Let's get into it. Today's episode, we hit NFL Week 7. Let's go. All right. So we got we got a few teams that are above uh, all the others, in my opinion. I got three that are really standing out in each conference. We got from the NFC, the Green Bay Packers, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Arizona Cardinals. All three of these teams seem to be kind of beating up on everybody else. Um, some have had a one one hiccup. The Cardinals, of course, they are they don't have a loss. The only undefeated team, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Nobody really saw that coming at the beginning of the year. I mean, a highly you know talented offense, but there were still question marks. I definitely didn't see them going seven and zero. Yeah, I think you know the skill and ability of Kyler Murray is carried them a long way. But man, they've got some elite receivers that. I mean, at every single slot, wide receiver one, two, three. Um, I mean, now they got Zach Hurts. I was going to say, with the addition of Hurts, uh, man, that makes them very dangerous. Yeah, they're super dangerous, man. I think they're just only going to get better. Their defense is solid. They picked up J.J. Watt as, you know, a huge locker room leader um, in the offseason. Um, they're just they're, they're doing extremely well. I feel really bad for opposing quarterbacks. I mean, you got on one end, you got J.J. Watt coming at you. And on a healthy day for the Cardinals, you got Clowney on the other end steaming down your neck, dude. That's uh <laughs> that's a day's work for any man. Yeah, I agree with you, dude. Um and I'm listen, I'm obviously a Falcons fan, being living in Georgia, unfortunately. Um, but looking around the league, like it's hard for me not to be a Packers fan. Ah, dude. Uh, Aaron Rodgers had a my life, my he younger rough, days uh, coming up, watching Brett Favre sling it all over the yard. It, they they were on TV a lot, a lot the same with the Cowboys. And uh, I got some deep roots with the Packers outside of also being a Falcons fan first. Yeah, one hundred percent. He, um, you know, he had a rough week, uh, week one. A lot of people were, you know, throwing that question mark up there. Is he, <laughs> is he uh, throwing it? You know, is he trying to make? A, was he trying to make a point? You know, with the offseason <clears throat> stuff that went on. You know, he was off on vacation in Costa Rica during <laughs> during the training camps and stuff. But let's be honest, does he um, really need training camp? I mean, when you're when you're a top-tier no, quarterback he, like him, he doesn't. Brady, those guys, I mean, they say they put in a lot of work in the offseason. They probably did early on in their careers and maybe still do just because of their age. But uh, those are two guys in my book that they don't really have to put in that much effort as far as the offseason is concerned. Yeah, Aaron, yeah, I agree with you, but like he he was extremely vocal about what his issues were. You know, it was um he was not happy with the front office. He obviously loves the team, loves the fan base and everything that, you know, um the cheese has stand for. But, you know, for the most part, he's not happy with the front office. He had issues with, you know, Mike McCarthy. I think he was bitter ever since Andy Reid left. 
all those years ago. Well, Andy Reid wasn't there. No, was it he? was Mike McCarthy who was the one that was I, there. Mike McCarthy, <laughs> I get them mixed up because they're, they're they're both kind of round both like the me. Big round round guys. <laughs> You got the the waffle menu in front yep. of them every Sunday. You know it, bro. <laughs> I mean, so it's uh, dude. They lost that first game, and they've they've won dude, six straight ever since. They, they're they're um, on fire. They uh, they really have mixed it up and been able to make a statement. Yeah, and the Cowboys. Uh, I really feel like they're starting to put it together with Dan Quinn coming over from Atlanta as their defensive coordinator. Uh, he's he's really put that defense together and they're stout. Yeah, I he's, mean, they're solid. He's got those boys playing a lot better than he had the Falcons there in his last year with, with us in the ATL. Um, Dak, man, he, he looks when he's healthy telling you, he is probably one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the league. And they just, they, they look like a complete team. You got digs returning interceptions for touchdowns, scoring when the offense doesn't, right? Uh, which doesn't yep. happen often. That offense is scary too. You got Zeke, and even Pollard in the backfield, you got uh, great wideouts, Cooper, C.D. Lamb. They're they're killing it, man. I, I don't really see a soft spot when it comes to the Cowboys. I agree, a hundred percent. And you know, Prescott's play style is, you know, he's he kind of takes it, kind of shoots from the hip. Meaning, you know, they they run the plays, and uh, he's really coming into his own at the offensive line before the play. Uh, Calling out the mics, uh, it's very. It's been cool to watch him Brady. grow up. He 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 definitely didn't start yeah, off that way. One hundred percent. Like he he really took this off season, you know, recovering from that gruesome gruesome injury he had. Um, he's he's I mean he's <laughs> he's answering all the doubters. Yep, and I, I'll tell you, you know, going into the AFC, um, looking at some of those teams there. Man, at the beginning of the season, I knew Jamar Chase was going to be a great addition for Joe Burrow and the Bengals. But who could have seen what was coming? Just this past weekend, I mean, 200 yards, eight receptions. He is, he's, he's on a pace. man on fire. I mean, he, he is, dude. I think you're about to hit uh, on him being right. there with Randy Moss. And I, I, he, he is, might just bro, break his records of, you know, the rookie season. I, well, Ra- Randy Moss, I think, is like 1,300 yards receiving. Like sixty receptions, something like that. I mean, a solid rookie record. Nobody's beat it, you know, in fifteen years. So, uh, Jamar Chase, I think, is on pace for about eighteen hundred, eighty receptions, and you know, probably not going to reach that touchdown record. Uh, it's a, I want to say eighteen. I don't know with Randy Moss, but I mean, the man literally has a move named after him. You got Moss, <laughs> exactly. I mean, we're gonna have to change it to, to see Jamar like... Chase do it. <laughs> I made a point, you know, in our group chat. Uh, over the weekend, Jamar Chase is running incredible routes oh, to be phenomenal. You know, as young as he is, yes, dude, they're crisp. He can't be guarded one on one. I'd love to see Jalen Ramsey or some of these elite cornerbacks take him on. Be but, matched up, yeah. Um, it it would be interesting to y- see those. Yeah, he's, and you know, I had a hard time watching that game, Adam. Like, I was trying to decide: okay, are the Bengals just that good? You know, are they just going up against easy teams? But that's not the case. The teams they've gone up against have been solid. Their defense is is pretty freaking you know, solid. I was, I was a big um, doubter of the Bengals up until they took it to the Ravens. I mean, they took them to the tool shed and just wore them out, man. They, yeah, that was an impressive game. I think that's a turning point in their season that, you know, they have arrived. And they got Burrow at quarterback that's just this, you know – kid from <laughs> he's from so many tough, so many bro. different schools eight. in college but he he's carried around that chip on his shoulder just 
you know, the mentality of me against the world and he's going to show you. And tell you what, man, he he's showing the world right now that he's the new up-and-coming quarterback. That Ravens defense, you know, they did get to him a few times. Um, he got licked pretty good a few times, but popped right back up. And, I, I mean, it really impressed me. It's kind of my – it changed my opinion of Joe Burrow, just watching him Sunday against – that Baltimore defense, he really impressed me. Um, I do want to ask you something else, man. Go ahead. You know, former Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs, you know, they have a star-studded lineup, the highest-paid player in the NFL, Patrick Mahomes. You know, accolades after accolades. He's an impressive, talented guy, Tyreek Hill. One of the fastest, if not the fastest man Mr. in the Cheetah. NFL. Cheetah Bo. Um, tell you a quick story, man. We went and watched um, – uh, my stepdaughter cheer over the weekend in um, Atkinson County at Cove. down in Pearson, Georgia. And Pearson, Georgia. You know, Tyreek played his high school football in Coffee County over in Douglas and was extremely successful. Went on to have, you know, a great college. And obviously, he's doing extremely well in the NFL. But he's originally from Pearson, Georgia. And up until ninth grade, um, he was slated to play at Atco. You know, got in, got in some issues, got in some, I ain't going to say trouble because he never really got in trouble, but uh, some of the guys that he was hanging with did get in a lot of trouble. And his family made the decision um, to move him to Coffee County man. and the rest is <laughs> man, history. what a good decision that was. He is phenomenally yeah, the top, really top was, receiver, man. but, man, his quarterback is struggling. Patty Mahomes is just, I don't know, it like, you know, yeah. I mentioned at the top of the show that there's, you know, three teams that are really standing out for me in the NFC and AFC. And I think the Chargers, the Titans, and the Bills slash Bengals, uh, there'll be a late ad for me. I, I think that those three to four teams, I think they're going to be the standard this year, um, at least, you know, halfway through the season. Um, but they, they, they got to figure it out with Patty, man. He He's an electric talent. I, I don't think it's that the defenses have, quote-unquote, caught up to him. Um, I've watched some of the game tape back, and it always seems majority of the mistakes that are happening on the field are wide receiver drops. Um, I've, I've never seen Kelsey drop and mishandle passes as much as I've seen him this year. And, it, yeah, and a lot of them, bit, yep. a lot of them are hitting the receiver's hands and going right into the defender's hands. So I don't know how much we can fault Patrick on, you know, I guess the the fall of the Chiefs. Um, it'll be it'll be interesting to see them how they handle this adversity and if they can make a run to to chase Raiders that are leading that division. Yeah, it could be. I don't have it. I don't have it right in front of me. Randy, can you get that pulled up for me, bro? Come on, Randy. It, um. Get it, get it together, Randy. We need you, bro. You know, another takeaway, uh, talking about the Chiefs and just wondering, you know, are they are they just broken? Are they, is it, you know, resting on Patty Mahomes or is it on the receivers? You know, the Titans really manhandled them over the weekend. Yeah. And the fact that Derrick Henry threw for more touchdowns than Patrick <laughs> Mahomes did is is kind of that, that's not okay. I, I kind of. I mean, Derrick uh, Henry is a I had to wipe my eyes a little bit. He's I a thought, phenom, I, thought man. I was seeing Tebow out there. Uh, yeah, it's like you know, <laughs> a little jump pass. The football looks so small in his hand. Dude. It was like he's throwing around a brown M and M. I can't remember <laughs> what it was. I saw a commercial a while back. Um, I think it was uh, like a Titans commercial or something. I saw on YouTube. They uh, had Henry like bust out of like concrete, kind of like he was a statue. And I don't know, man. Right. It, it's yep. like 
he runs around like he's made of just like a boulder, man. I mean, I he's a man among boys when he's out on that field. He is, and you know, historically, looking back over the last twenty years, the, the running backs that is very similar to me, Jerome Bettis, you know, the, bus. The, the mighty bus, the bus for the Steelers. Even uh, Anderson with the Falcons in the late '90s, he was a beast. Not quite as not quite as powerful, but you have Marshawn Lynch. He's got that. Speed I was gonna power, say he's man. got that speed, that top end speed, man. He'll he'll run linemen over, linebackers over, but then he'll run away from the corners and the safeties, and that right. that's that's the stuff that's special. Don't try to stand up tackle King Henry, bro. He's, <laughs> he's gonna knock you. You're down. making a life decision when you step in front of that man with a football. <clears throat> hey, and and. Keep an eye out, Tory Carter from uh, Lee County High School went to LSU. He was a uh, fullback, running back for LSU. He is on the field, off the field, uh, blocking for um, Mr. Henry. There we go. You know the fullback. Um, I, he is, I missed that position. Uh, starting my football fandom was around the time. Uh, I don't know if you remember Mike Allstott for the Buccaneers. Oh he, yeah, he dude. was fun watching, yeah. just running through holes, not with the ball or anything, not getting any stats. But you know, without him, some of these running backs that were on the Buccaneers, they wouldn't have been as good as they were. I mean, he would just punish people through the hole and open up lanes for shoot. I I could grab a ball and run through them. It's a lost art, man. You know, going through the two thousands and the in the teens, um, the RPO became a big thing, and you know, the option. Was just um, Randy. Come on now. Constantly, Randy. yeah, Randy, get the phone, bro. Um, was just the option was just such a big deal. You kind of lost that that flair for the running back or the the blocking running back or the fullback. My one of my favorites growing up was with the Cowboys, Daryl Johnson, who's now a commentator. I forget on what what network I've seen him on several. I don't know who he's with now, but Moose. Yeah, yeah. Daryl Moose Johnson. Yeah, Moose Johnson. Um, you know, he blocked for Emmett Smith, you know, and as we know, uh, Mr. Smith <laughs> One of is the best. The all time all time yards uh leader in rushing. So, I mean, it definitely has its place. I would love to see it come back more. So the Titans are looking strong, man. Um the Chiefs, uh, I don't know, man. I think they're being exposed. They've got a match up with New York Giants this weekend. I think they we get know back the Giants on track are terrible. With that one. I just I, yeah, I don't the, see Danny next- Dimes pulling another one out of the hat of tricks against the Chiefs. I think I think this is a get if, right game for them. If the Giants make it competitive, or if the Chiefs don't make it competitive, and they lose, or you know, if they if it's not a fifty-one to thirteen game, uh, like the you know New England just destroyed the the other New York team, the Jets. <laughs> Do they even if uh, it's not they even have a name like anymore? That, as bad as they were getting beat. Oh man, it was that was rough. I tell you. The whole weekend was kind of rough, man. I mean, you're talking about the best game of the weekend was probably Atlanta Miami. Yeah, that and that's and, bad. You know the yeah, and the Falcons. You know, do what they always do. They they blew the lead. Uh, Matty Ice ended up bringing them back and getting them in field goal position. They pulled out the dub. Um, but that was literally the best game. All the other games were pretty much ass. Um, and to me, one of the highlights of the week, <laughs> the week, uh, was. Peyton and Eli having Marshawn Lynch. Dude, on. that was hilarious. I, I, I love you, that. That how they're doing that on ESPN. There's a lot of people that hate it, but I love that. 
Ah, oh, dude, I love it. I think Eli and Peyton are great together. Peyton obviously has got you know more camera presence and and more charisma than Eli does. But I love I love the colorful um, language. I I like it all. The whole it just feels so. Yeah, real. I don't think that was supposed to happen. <laughs> I think they spent twenty minutes apologizing for Marshawn's fuck bomb that he dropped. Um, I think I think he dropped three shits and a fuck. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty bad, man. It, so, it, I know it's a shock value, you know, especially with young kids possibly watching, but. It just brought a real factor to the game. I mean, it it's kind of like what we built this podcast over is just two real guys, you know, talking sports, and that's kind of what they were doing. Yeah, one hundred percent. It is, man. Like I kind of look up to Eli and Peyton. Like they're my role models when it comes to uh, you know talk radio or talk TV or whatever it is that you know they're doing. Exactly. I kind of I kind of envy them. I like exactly. It. There was. Uh, a thing that I saw there, of course, they're already making memes and everything. I think a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> Eli on their reference shooting a bird and actually did it on live TV. So that that was interesting as, as well. All right, man. So the World Series, um, after a 22, 23 year drought, 1999, the Braves are back in it. That's what's up, and man. I was eight years old the last time they were in there. It's good to actually witness some Oh, my some gosh, greatness. dude. Yeah, dude, I'm I'm so freaking pumped. Going up against the Astros. <laughs> the uh, trash bangers. The biggest cheaters. <laughs> yep. Yeah, uh, those of you that don't know, I'm going to give you a little background. The Houston Astros um, in 2017 um, soundly defeated the New York Yankees in the World Series. Soundly. That's, well, an, in that's the, an interesting in the word ALC. to use there. They beat the Yankees in the uh, ALCS, and then they went on to... Uh, beat the Dodgers in the World Series. And then the following spring, a young man by the name of Mike uh, Flyers Fires um, got traded to the Athletics to where he had a sit-down interview with the Athletics reporter, and he spilled the beans, the, tra- the Houston Astros trash cans, um, to give signs and signals to their batters that the what pitch the pitcher was going to throw. In baseball, uh, there's generally about four pitches that you have to kind of guess what's coming in order to be successful. You have your fastballs, you have your sliders, which break uh, a little bit and not quite as fast. Then you have your change-ups that are just look like a fastball, but then they just slow way down. And then you have your curveballs. They would get two bangs for something off speed, and they get one bang for a fastball. And if you're a professional baseball player and you know that stuff's coming, you're gonna do pretty well. Now, were they? It's cheating. Were, were it's, they getting this from just stealing the signs originally, and then representatives from the Astros, like in the stands, banging the trash cans? I, I, I've heard the story, but I don't know how they <coughs> executed it. Well, every MLB game and even minor league games, there is a camera from center field that is zoomed in right on the catcher's crotch. If they're not giving a sign, you think they're looking at their jump. I mean, it is literally <laughs> a box that's about 12 inches wide, 12 inches tall, and it's right on their pecker. I mean, it is right there. So when they give a signal, it's super clear, super crisp. You're talking about a camera that's mounted and probably on an actuator or um, I forget what those things are called that like you, the know, you can't shake them or move all. them. Yeah. yeah. As soon as, you know, they're watching the live feed from this camera and then somebody is like in the dugout area, like the camera well, they're banging trash cans. And then there was even accusations. One of the home runs that was hit 
you know, it was a walk-off by Jose Altuve, their second baseman. And traditionally, if you hit a walk-off in a very important game, um, your teammates are going to rip your jersey off. It happens almost every time. I remember seeing that, and he's like, and no, no, case, no. And in this case, um, you know, like you said, he was like, no, grabbing onto his jersey. And when they asked him, why didn't you, you know, why didn't you want your jersey ripped off? You know, what was the deal there? That was kind of odd. Oh, man, my wife, you know, she, she doesn't want any, any other women to see my chest. What? You know, yeah, kind of strange, dude. You know, they didn't think nothing of it at the time. And then all the accusations came out. A lot of the managers were suspended. Wow. I mean, so there's, it was a huge controversy. Nothing happened to the players. They were exempt from any punishment or fines or anything. So let's just say the baseball world is not happy with the Astros. It's going to take a long time to forget. In baseball, we don't forget anything. Yeah. When we beat the Dodgers in the championship game for the National League, a lot of the players were coming up to the Braves players. Dodgers players were coming up to the Braves players. But hey, man, do us a big, do us a big solid. Beat the Astros' ass for us. Mm, like, let's go. Like sweep. Let's go. Yep. Now they're, you know, the Braves are up one game uh, to none. They won last night. Uh, got game two tonight in Houston. We had a casualty though um, last night. Lo- Morton going down. That that's going to be a, yeah, a tough one if if the Astros can pull a win out and we have to go more than four games. Um, I don't, I don't foresee a sweep happening just cause I know about Georgia sports. Um, I try not to get too high on them when it comes to championship times, but, um, it's, it's going to be hard to figure out who's going to go for game five or who, who they replace Morton with. I know they got freed going on the mound tonight and I feel good about it. Uh, I actually yep. put some money on the game. I'm pulling for the Braves, man. Uh Oh, uh oh, what's the what's the what is Vegas saying about tonight? It's Adam? it's not much. It's just uh the odds on it or if you go for the Braves, they're the underdogs. Um they always on baseball games it's always usually like a run and a half as far as the spread, either minus or plus, depending on who the underdog is. I, I took the Braves straight up at uh plus one ten gotcha. odds. So it's basically like betting a dollar to win a dollar ten, but uh, I threw a twenty on it, oh, yeah, so, so I'll even. get twenty dollars back, and we'll move on to game three. Yeah, man, it's good just to get the juices flowing. Um, gives you some incentive. You know, I've I've never bet a whole paycheck or anything crazy like that. It's always like ten, twenty bucks, and I never do very well <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to Vegas or or online betting or anything. Um, the state that I live in is still technically like not legal. But we're we're crossing our fingers, so it's hopefully it's coming soon to be more accessible. I really feel like it will. Um, it's it, it, to me even commercial wise, like it doesn't matter what sport you're watching. There's advertisements for it, whether it be DraftKings, um, whether it be you know Caesar's Palace has an app now that they're pushing to states that are regulated to do it. It it, it I, I think it's inevitable. They're they're gonna push it through. When not sure, but it, it's coming. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like other things that are in politics and the news. Eventually, all the states are going to be doing it. The southern states are probably going to be the last ones, as usual, to implement stuff like sports betting and marijuana has been in the news. All that kind of stuff. The South is always the last. So, but yeah, as far as with the Braves, man, what do what do you feel with free taking the mound? Do you think that do we get get off? So oh, a two, 2-0 start, or are we going 1-1 one one after this game? Oh, uh, dude, you know, I feel really good about it. The thing um, that's 
kind of been trending through the playoffs is the American League had the bats and the National League had the you know exceptional pitching. Um, definitely more of a run scored were on the AL side than the NL side. Freed is great to be so young. He's um, yeah, I think I saw like extremely four, well fourteen this year. and three this year, fourteen and four or something like that. Yeah, yeah, he was solid. Uh, I don't have the stats in front of me, but um, just I've watched probably eighty five percent of the games. There was probably a few that I didn't watch the entirety of. Um, you know, the Braves are always been my team. I can't. I would be dishonoring myself, dishonoring, dishonoring you know, my you, childhood dishonoring if I said family. anything other. <laughs> yeah, dude. If I said anything other than a four zero sweep, Braves over the Astros. Um, I know a little bit. You know, everybody's saying you're crazy. That uh, that's me. You know, kind of betting with my heart, not my head type thing. Yeah. But the pitching is there, man. Our bullpen looked great. Um, AJ Minter last night came in and pitched uh, exceptional. Uh, Luke Jackson came in and pitched Redeemed really well. Himself. I think AJ got charged for he did, mm-hmm. man. AJ got charged for a run uh, on an error that um, Dansby committed just because of the the way it worked out. He still got charged for the run. It wasn't his fault. It was a perfectly hit ground ball to Dansby. I think it hit Dansby um, off, he off the it. middle of his uh, thumb. Um, he he definitely yeah, his hand and yeah, and you know Dansby. I've been watching him his entire career, and you know he's. He's an Atlanta boy right out of Kennesaw, and he was drafted number one overall by Arizona. Out of Vanderbilt, right? And then we, yeah, Vanderbilt won a national title there. I I am a Dansby fan all the way around. I think he's I think he's great. Uh, to see his development over the last three years especially has been phenomenal. Ron Washington, the Braves' third base coach, has been working with him and all the infielders, Austin Riley, Ozzie Albies, and Freddie, and it is probably the 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 best defensive infield in all of baseball. Yeah, and, and that's pro- and probably for a, who they're going up for against. a while too. I mean, even historically, I think you know they maybe not stat wise. I mean, I don't have any of those in front of me, but they just they look like a unit out there. They do, man. And you know, we've been we saw Freddie last night. You know, flash the leather, and I kind of saw a big contrast. There was a lot of ground balls hit to the Astro infielders. They kind of look like they struggled. I know Dansby had the error last night, but it's, you know, I was watching the game with my son, and he's like, yeah, Dansby waits all year to the World Series to commit an error, <laughs> and that's what it seems like. I haven't – I can't remember him committing an error during the season. I, I think he did. I think he committed a few. But I know what you're but, saying with um, the Astros. I mean, we – the Braves were able to eke, eke out, you know, a few infield singles. They – I don't know. We just either were hitting them where they weren't or it was some bad fielding on their part. Yeah, man. I one thing that I've liked, well, I really liked last night. Last year, COVID, the COVID season. For those of you that don't know, if you you know if you don't follow baseball very much, it was a extremely shortened season. We played sixty games last year, and versus the typical baseball season, the hundred and sixty-two. So it was a short sample season last year, and they implemented some rules to make the games go a little faster, so the players wasn't exposed to each other as much. One of the things that they did, you know, they implemented, you know, seven seven inning games. Um, and you also saw the DH. Um, Which I'm a big fan of. Yeah, and I and my whole point was I, I'm not. Like, I well, traditionally I wasn't. 
always been a National League guy. I love seeing the pitchers hit. I love seeing the, the pitchers take bat in practice and try to improve the I, game. I like the game plan that um, you have to have around the fact that you have to send a pitcher out there to hit. So much of right. seeing them hit, <laughs> usually it's a lot of strikeouts, bunts, things of that nature. Uh, I I enjoy the the big bats that the DH provides in the American League just because I'm, I'm a home run guy. I like to see them hit them as far as they can. Uh, but I do understand what you're saying as far as a traditionally, you know, having to game plan and to yep. know how to use your pitchers, you know, in that situation, that's a whole nother ball game. And see, it opens up having the DH. This is what I've come to watch over the last couple of years since COVID started. Um, they did not do the DH in the National League this year. And I was disappointed. I really was. So hopefully in the next couple of years, they may implement that. Baseball is extremely traditional. They don't like changing rules. And I think Rob Manfred, the commissioner of the MLB, doesn't want to be the one that changes that rule because it's, he doesn't, it's what distinguishes be on his the American League yep. from the National yep. League. Right. And if it bombs, if the fans don't like it, well, it's on him. And uh you don't want to be the guy that makes a major rule change. I don't think I, I wouldn't want to be, you know? Oh yeah, I, I totally so, agree. Um, I think it's coming though. I think it's kind I, of an inevitable thing. Um, you know, even the Braves themselves, they, they signed Ozuna at the end of what was it last year? Um, thinking that the DH was going to come through this year and, you know, at the last minute, right. Manford along with, you know, other higher ups in the MLB decided to, uh, forego implementing DH to the NL, but I just, I, th- I think, I think right. it's coming. Yeah. And one rule that I, I'm glad they didn't bring to the playoffs was the extra innings rule. Oh, I don't man. think we've had, but maybe one extra inning game. <laughs> the extra inning rule is whoever got out last in the last inning will be on second as a free <laughs> what runner. A joke. Yeah. I, I hate that because even if they score, the runner get, or the, the batter gets an RBI, but the pitcher, the pitcher does not get an earned run. And that just like messes with the stats bad. Um, I understand why they did it that way, but I just say, man, just cut that out altogether. Yeah. So, you know, if the game goes 21 innings, it goes 21 innings. I mean, it's just the way baseball is played. That's the way I want to. I, I with think it. it's their, their um, attempt to pull in new viewers. But the thing is, that's not how you're going to win them. You know, baseball people are going to be baseball people. And you're if you're a baseball person, you like the games that last five hours, six hours, you know, I mean, that's what you, right. you're a fan because they're going to find out a winner, you know, and they're going to find out a winner fair and square. Yeah. And that's, that's part of it. Um, but I think it's just an attempt by the no tiles in baseball, man. <laughs> and that's right. I think it's just the MLB's attempt at pulling in a younger audience to make things a little quicker, faster, but you know, we got other sports for that, man. We got like the NBA, you know, it's, it's back and forth. All the time, you know, I mean, it's real yeah, full swing, high, high energy. It's, you know, there's always something happening on the court. Um, one big thing right. this year that I've noticed is Steph Curry, man. I think he's back. You know, he had a down year last Blowing year. Blowing up, dude. He is. Um, yes. He's, he's looking, he's looking like a young Curry. He, he's drilling it from three. Um, Return Return of the Splash Brothers, maybe? Maybe. You know, I, ha- I haven't been able, unfortunately, I haven't been able to watch one of the games yet, but I've seen a lot of ESPN, you know, hot takes. Uh, I think we're only four games into the season, but Steph, he, he's back. I think he's he's on for another MVP. Yeah, he's he's definitely on track, man. Uh, you know, he's 
just not missing. He he's looking really really sharp. So over the, in the off season, the Los Angeles Lakers, led by LeBron, really went out and got some OG stars. That <laughs> starting to look like the, the Yankees, Yankees of NBA, man. Yeah, I mean, some of these guys are still in their prime. Some may be on the decline. You know, um, I don't think Dwight Howard's going to be. You know, doing any reverse windmill dunks? Yeah, super Superman's not looking anymore. so super anymore. <laughs> but you know, it's a solid team. If he can get if he can get eight to twelve rebounds a game, I think he's doing his part. Um, are they stacking <laughs> for a championship, or do you think they're just gonna get injured, uh, fizzle out? I, and, I don't know. I and, mean, already LeBron's dealing with injuries. Um, he's got some leg issues. I don't know if it's his ankle or his knee. Uh, he's been out. I think two games now um you got westbrook that's just <clears throat> i don't know it's kind of you know the old movie space jam you know where the aliens stole the the soul of the player and the skill of the player um westbrook kind of looks uh, like somebody's come down and pulled his skill right uh, out man are we saying that his his uh basketball soul has been stolen <laughs> it, it looks like it i mean you know i'm used to the westbrook that's you know pulling left, going right, and going right down the, the chin of the defense and scoring the ball, you know. Um, he's just – he looks kind of – We're talking about a player who averaged – he averaged a triple-double for an entire season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's only been done, Well, when I saw the know, one other time. When, when I saw the headline of him joining the Lakers, I'm thinking, we got LeBron, we got AD, we got Westbrook. They're going to be unstoppable, you know, and then they start the season and – Oh, man, Westbrook's just been real disappointing. Uh, I was I was not expecting this outcome. I think they've already. I think they're two and two. Well, I think they're at five hundred. Yeah, the thing about you know when Westbrook was so dominant with OKC, you know Kevin Durant was gone, or I think he might have been injured. I can't remember. Um, but James Harden was down in Houston, and he kind of went into you know just takeover mode as the offensive man. But the thing I love about Westbrook, and this is what you – when he's playing well and when he's healthy, every shot, he's not backing up going defending down court. He is following his shot. He's hustling. He's grinding. He's a true player, He's trying man. to do a tip exactly. in. Exactly. He is, man. He's trying to put his nutsack on people's <laughs> head. Like, do what you got to do to get he the goal. Is, he's hustling. Yeah. Yeah, man, he's hustling. And that's, I, that's the Westbrook they want to see in L.A. Exactly. Not necessarily the ball hog. They want to see the grind, the hustle the grinder. And defense. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so, and that's why he was picked up. I think they have a chance to turn it around. I mean, it is very early. We're only four games in, but early on, man, they they look like a team that has a lot of money, threw it around, and doesn't look like it's really paying out for them just yet. Uh, another team that's thrown out some money is our our home team, the Hawks. They had an electric run yes, into last season. Um, it was a, you know, the COVID year, as some will call it. Um, they, maybe there's an asterisk, right. maybe not. They, they've paid some of their players some hefty uh, contracts. We got, you know, we got Trey Young. He signed still to a big deal. Um, yep. We got Mr. Red Velvet himself. They signed him. Yeah. He'll, he'll be knocking down some threes hopefully this season. And I think uh, they also gave uh, – What's number twenty Collins? They they gave him some money too. So yeah. we got we got our three, you know, uh horses in the stable, I guess if you want to call it that. Right. Um 
they'll be here to stay for the next couple of years. It'll be interesting to see how they bounce back this year after going in and, you know, really trying to take it all the way in the finals last year, but coming up short to the Milwaukee Bulls or Bucks. I'm sorry. I don't know why I said Bulls. Yeah, Bucks. Yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be a good season. I think the NBA is um, really balanced, man. I know we got some super teams with, you know, New Jersey looking like a super team, but Kyrie's out. He's not going to play this season. Um, you know, COVID politics, and I really feel like that's all crazy stuff. And the 76ers were poised, and then the Ben Simmons drama, we don't know what's going to happen there, how that's going to play out. What a train out. wreck. Um, yeah, man. And, you know, we got the Lakers out west, and obviously Golden State is still a contender. Um, I really hope they just keep is, quiet they, on the you know, Hawks and let us be a let us be a silent killer, man. I I, I want to sneak up on everybody again. Yeah, the Hawks look good, man. Towards the end of the season, they were hot, and then you know, obviously they didn't progress into the playoffs too too far. But I'm excited, man. I hope to watch a lot more NBA games this year than I watched last year. I'm excited. Have about you ever it. been to an NBA game? Yes, I have. Me and my wife on a whim. We were in Columbus for um, an event for our kids, and after the event was over, we're like, hey, who are the Hawks playing tonight? And to be honest with you, I can't even remember. <laughs> we're like, how much are the nosebleeds? Exactly. I... And so they were like, $12 a ticket. Was it worth it? And so we just like, man, it was great. State Farm Arena um, is, you know, there's really not a bad seat in the house. We really enjoyed the game. We got went down to uh, the floor level and, you know, Got to see the players up close. It was it was very enjoyable. We had a good time, and State Farm just underwent a massive renovation. So there's they're really talking like it's like super luxurious now. See, I've ne- I've never. Um, I'll been. find out. So, you're going again? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually going. Well, I'm actually going to State Farm Arena tomorrow. Oh, sweet. Um, there's an there's a there's a concert there, and I'm taking um my baby daughter. It was her Christmas present two years ago, so we're gonna be going and. Who, who, y- who y'all going some, to go uh, see? Harry, I'm, I'm, I'll give you a hint. <laughs> he likes watermelon sugar. Oh man, you gonna go see some <laughs> Harry Styles? I see you. The, Bro, thing, the things like, we do for our yeah, daughters, she, man. Yeah, she. I'm, I'm excited just to spend hey, the time his, with her, his, man. His you know, music's a, pretty fire. I mean, it, it's yeah, it's, catchy. it's bumping. I ain't got no complaints. Um, uh, he's he's a great artist. He's super popular. Uh, but I'm just excited to spend that time with my daughter and. Oh, we know you're going to see Harry. We, we know. Oh, I, I got to confess, bro. I got to confess. Like, <laughs> a closet Harry Styles fan. It's, you're actually it's going. British accent. You're actually going for you. She's just along for the ride. I bought, yeah. The Christmas <laughs> present was really for me. I use her as an excuse. That's it. That's funny, man. Yeah, we, uh, so, I really want to. So I'm, ex- I'm excited about that. Uh, you have to let me know how it is. Um, not necessarily a concert, but, but the, the arenas, how it's, uh, so, you know produced or how, yeah, scope whatever out the, it is how, how they're making the updates i'll scope out the arena yeah it's gonna be great um me and my wife we've always talked about going and we've been to a few falcons games some braves games um <clears throat> it's only like a four-hour drive uh with bad traffic you know sometimes we can make it in about three up to the up to the a yeah. and we we really like going there we just as much as i'm into sports it's hard to uh get it uh scheduled on a time that we're going yeah um but we we definitely want to get in there and see the hawks this year if we can what's what's your what's your most uh, memorable experience with pro and college um was it in your childhood if, teenage years married life i guess 
I don't know, probably college. I, I'm a huge Georgia Bulldog fan. I mean, really, really big. I born right. born and bred. Uh, you know, I I, <laughs> I was a little toddler in a Herschel Walker jersey. Uh, we have pictures of it, unfortunately, all over my parents' house. Yes, we got to get those. <laughs> but uh, maybe we'll share that on our Instagram sometime over on Irrelevant Sports Guys podcast there. Oh, that dirty plug. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram, guys. <laughs> Hit up the Twitter. YouTube coming soon. And so, uh, yeah, I, I'd have to go back. I think it was 2007. Georgia had gone to Auburn to play the good old Tigers. Um we were, it was, I think the first time we wore our black jerseys, no Sean Marino was our, Blackout. was our yep. running back. We had Matt Stafford at quarterback, uh, me and my dad, it was not, it was not in Auburn. It was in Athens. Um, me and my dad gotcha. actually went and, um, we'd been to a lot of games before. Um, I've also, I watched Eli Manning with Ole Miss, um, play, the Bulldogs in Athens. Very nice. Uh, I was a little younger for that one, so I don't really remember it as much. But back to that Auburn game, that's the one where uh, we were getting pretty much manhandled all the way till halftime. And um, I just remember looking around the stadium at halftime, you know, trying to kill the time till the players come back out and start playing. There was just a buzz, right. man. Like, uh, this was around the time that so- the Soldier Boy song, Superman, you know, on that whatever he does his Superman on. You <laughs> he, uh they started playing that and man did the stadium start rocking. It uh the cameras, you know, zoomed in on the players on the sideline. You had Matthew Stafford and AJ Green and uh No Shine dancing, bouncing off wow. of each other. And dude, I'm telling you, nice. that was the swinging tide of that game. We came out at halftime and just took it to the Tigers. Um, so I think that may be one of my most memorable nice. sports moments that I've been able to witness away from my couch. There's nothing like the college atmosphere, dude. Athens, uh, University of Georgia is between the hedges and Tallahassee. It's, you know, watching the Seminole rider come out and throw the spear. Yeah. You got the, the flaming spear into into the ground dude that is like yeah. breathtaking. you got, you got um, death valley and clemson and in yep. uh, baton rouge you know both of those are electric yep. places LSU. to go to watch a game i've i've had the pleasure of going to death valley and clemson uh, i grew up originally in the upstate of south carolina close to clemson and um that opening set like sequence that they do uh circling the stadium and running down the hill after after touching the old fateful Howard's Rock, um, that that place is bumping too when when it comes to Saturdays. Not so much this it year, is, man. But... We were we're blo- yeah. I think I think the Clemson dynasty is uh, is it's fizzling. Pretty much dead. It is fizzling. I don't know. I think Sunshine I, was the last of their Dabo good Sweeney, players. Yeah, he he's kind of showing us, you know, that he can't. He has to have a dynamic quarterback in order to be successful. And you know, the thing about the where we are, you know, being born in Georgia and. We are blessed to be in the best conference in all of college football in the SEC. SEC, baby. It does not matter who you play. Like, I've been saying this for the last two years with Arkansas, who was always at the bottom of the rankings. It doesn't matter who you play in the SEC. If it's two SEC teams, one could beat the other. It doesn't matter the rank. Oh, yeah. And speaking of rivalries, man, this weekend, Georgia 
going down to Jacksonville. Yes, sir. Uh, to play at the neutral side. Yeah, we, we're a f- the neutral side against the Florida Gators. I say we. I'm pretty biased when it comes to Georgia. I'm always going to refer to it as my oh, team. Oh, 100%. Uh, we're we're 14 right. point favorite. It's uh, the largest uh, spread since I think it's it's been like 20 or 30 years that that big of a spread on either side uh, going in. So right. the Bulldogs are they're favored, but yeah, every year I was just gonna say we're favored, but every- I, I'm always skeptical. I've always told my wife that I feel like they can put kindergartners in Florida Gator jerseys, and Georgia's gonna have a hard time beating them. That's what it seems like. They always play each other really difficult. I did see a stat today, and these are just you know. Um, historical things, but every year that the that the Braves go to the World Series, Georgia defeats Florida. Yeah, but that um, that on Halloween that, weekend that so. was the the nineties uh, Gators that those stats came from. <laughs> yeah. And the nineties Gators they they were something fierce. Uh, you got yeah, they were. And correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't Emmett Smith on the Gators back then? Oh, I don't. I have no idea. I can't. I can't even remember Emmett Smith. Maybe 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 I don't, maybe not. I don't even know where I he can't was remember, college man. But they had some studs back in the nineties. I'm. We're both, they we're did. both dumb. Uh, the 90s were when the Cowboys were electric within this, it. This is just, yeah, this is this just shows that we're, you know, <laughs> we have a low budget. We don't have a, our producer, Randy, is really Google. He, yeah. We just call him Randy. <laughs> um, so if we don't have, have it in front of us, we may not know. But so this weekend, 3.30, um, Georgia and Florida, I don't know. I think we may be the home team. It's this little <laughs> yeah, thing is really joke. always like baffled me like when when florida's home you know that we play in the swamp in gainesville when georgia's home we play at a neutral site in jacksonville and that's you know i know it's because of size and tickets and that sort of thing but i'm like man it would be nice to have the gators to come to athens one time and like see all the fraternities banners hanging dude uh, that's yeah. just that's part of that's it. part of it. my my daughter my daughter goes to the university of georgia she's a freshman and she's like, game weekend in Athens is something else. It is an entire different world. Uh, it is. It, it transforms, um, man. It, if there's a, a place to be on a Saturday, it's Saturday in Athens. It's it's electrifying. Yeah, and you know, last year, um, Stetson Bennett got hurt in that uh, Georgia-Florida game. And JT Daniels... Um, Other way around, I think. Was he... Oh, yeah, was I it? think uh, I thought Bennett got hurt. Actually, yeah, you're you're right. You're right. I, I do think I think Bennett went down and JT. I can't even remember. Did we even win against them last year? Um, I cannot remember. <laughs> um, what a Georgia fan stat. I am! But it's looking like Stetson's going to be starting this weekend, and because he was really slated to like destroy the Gators, he didn't get to do that. So, um, I know he's looking forward to. Starting and hopefully continuing. I, I don't know. You might, might have to hold um, your horses on that. I mean, I I read that JT Daniels he is listed as questionable. However, all the reports coming out of Athens over the past couple of days, Kirby's been saying that he's looking good, not really showing any pain. You know, with that shoulder okay. throwing. Um, I think that maybe one of those games, and I hate it. I wish they would just pick one and stick with it, but I. I have a feeling that this game may end up splitting some reps between Bennett and JT Daniels, um, which very well, very well could. Kirby's been <laughs> subbing them out several times all year, and it kind of seems like for no apparent exactly. reason he'll bring one out, put one in. You know, um, Adam is the is the curse coming to an end. Braves are in the World Series. Dogs are undefeated. We're you know, and, halfway through the season, and, now. and the Falcons are not out of the NFL race. I mean, it's early. They're 
they're uh, they put back to back wins there in the NFL. They, I don't know, yep. man. The the Georgia sports curse it has been real the past <laughs> my lifetime. Really, I hate to say I'm pumped and you know excited, but man, it feels good to be a Georgia fan. What? It feels good to be an Atlanta Braves fan right it now. It does. Um, get, we, it we, does. we get to what, witness a little if we bit. Could all, if we go ahead, if you if you could only have one. The World Series. You know, I've been seeing I've been seeing those National. memes going up like Dear oh, Lord, man. please don't sacrifice everybody. <laughs> Just give me a Braves World Series. I, I think I think you're gonna be the baseball guy on this podcast because I, I gotta have I oh, gotta yeah. have a Bulldog championship, man. You we can we can uh, we right. can harvest the hopes of the Braves and the Falcons. We can give up Georgia Tech. I, I don't care who you take out. Let's let's get a Bulldog uh, national championship. I feel you, man. I I gotta I gotta hope and pray for my Braves to pull through. I'd love a four game sweep to bury the Astros. It would be absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, you know, talking about it, um, I have some some Vegas picks here. Um, we're gonna kind of toy around with this section of the podcast. Um, I've come up with a preliminary name of half cocked and fully loaded Vegas picks. Um, so I'm going to run down. I got, I got one tonight. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of a funny name. I, I couldn't think of anything better. Kind I like of shotgun it. I like it. it. So, uh, I picked a MLB game, NBA, college football and NFL. So I try to spread it out for you guys. We'll hit the MLB first. Um, I kind of touched on it earlier in the podcast. The lines moved in favor of the Astros. Um, it wasn't a big move, uh, as far as the point spread, but, um, Moved ever so slightly, right. which means the public is going on the Astros tonight. They think that they're going to come back and even up the series. Um, I really like uh, Freed taking it for the Braves. Um, I, I have confidence in right. the young man. I, I think he can show up, and I think we've proved that our bats can be hot when we need them to be. I'm, lo- I'm looking yep. for the Braves to go back-to-back wins here in Houston, and for that reason, Very nice. I, I'm, I like, I'm fully I like. loaded. I'm going to take the Braves' money line at plus 110 odds, kind of even money. Count it, folks. Let's, let's go ahead and fully load that, and let's <laughs> take it to the bank, man. Then we got... Um, All right, man. We got NBA. Um I, it's kind of hard to judge NBA teams, especially with such a small game, uh, you know, uh, game viewing to pick from. Uh, they were only four games in, maybe five. Uh, we're going to take it down to Oklahoma City. The Thunder, they've gotten off to a terrible start this season. They got a bunch of no-namers on the team. Um, they're 0-4. They do have a bright light, though. There's uh, one guard I can't even pronounce his name. I'm going to try. I think it's Shia Alexander. Um, they call him SGA. I'm not really sure what okay. college he went to. But this kid, he's 23 yep. years old. Um, he just dropped 30 on the Warriors last night. So um, nice. I, I'm going to go with the upset here. Like I said earlier, the Lakers, uh, they're without the king. Mr. LeBron's hurt. He's going to be on the sideline. They have a, a Westbrook character that can't figure out how to shoot a basketball to save his life <laughs> um so we're gonna go with a with a fully loaded thunder plus four tonight um i don't know if they pull out the thunder let's I don't, go i don't know if they pull out the the full win you know the straight up but i think given the four points i think they can they can muster that out especially being at home too i think give me a quick rundown exactly when when you see a point score or spread or okay we know you know if something says Thunder plus four. Mm-hmm. Explain to the 
to the listeners exactly what gotcha. that means. So the way you're looking at it, um, at the start of the game, there's always a point spread, which is uh, odds put in by Vegas of who they think is the favored team and the underdog. Usually the favored team is going to be minus points, which means they basically start the game out minus whatever points those are. So um, in the case of the Lakers and the Thunder tonight, the Lakers will start the game minus four points, theoretically speaking. Um, because they're because they're exactly. favored. So it's kind of like they're handicapping them. Um, whereas the Thunder, right. you know, they're the underdog. They should lose as far as Vegas is concerned. So they're giving them points. They've given them four points to start the game. Um, or you can look at it. So in order to make it an even matchup, in order to make it an even matchup, they're giving the underdog four points, you know, to bring them up to par. So if you think that they're going to win by, you know, if the Lakers do win by three and you bet on the thunder spread, then you're still going to lose. Yep. Well, right? no, like if, if they win by three, if the Lakers win 93 to 90 and you took thunder plus four, that means you actually have thunder scoring 94 points and the Lakers scoring 93. So you would win that bet. Gotcha. Um, the bad, the thing gotcha. you wouldn't want to do, but even though they exactly, lost, you still, and the thing you wouldn't want to yeah. do is take the Lakers at minus four, because if they only win by three, then you still lose that bet. They have to beat them by the gotcha. spread amount. Um, I, I think gotcha. I explained that good enough. Uh, y'all can comment. Yeah, and let you us did. know. Uh, it it makes sense to it. Um, we'll move on d- through to college football. We got a. <laughs> I was yep. going to go with the Georgia Florida matchup, but I felt like that was too easy to pick. Shameless pull for my Bulldogs there. We're going to come back with a W. You can bet that one, too, if you want. But um, we got Michigan and Michigan State. Uh, Normally, this is not a game that is going to be high on anybody's, you know, schedule to want to watch other than people from Michigan. But I think the the Spartans, man, they uh, I'm I'm, I'm feeling the underdogs this week. The Spartans have a great defense they've been killing it this year uh, michigan has also been killing it but um i really think that michigan state pulls this one out we're gonna go with a half cock spread uh the plus four and a half i'm, I'm <laughs> not fully confident that this happens but um i put them in there because I, th- I think given the spread of the four and a half points i think the spartans take care of business and knock off uh, the big blue in the big house Oh, oh wait! Man, I'm sorry. It's not in the. Upset, it's not right? in the big house. It, they're traveling to East Lansing. That was a big reason. Uh, I picked the Spartans. They're going to be at home facing the Wolverines. Hurting Tom Brady's feelings, man. I know. Michigan, I know. Michigan big, big blue are not are not going to be happy with you, bro. <laughs> uh, you you touched earlier in the episode here about just the crappy games, you know, from the NFL this week due to weather and things of that nature. Um, we got a really good matchup right. tomorrow night. Uh, Thursday night football, we got the Packers and the Cardinals. Sir, um, Rodgers. You know, the the Packers come in with a six-game win streak since their terrible letdown performance of week one. They seem like a – yep. almost seems like a distant memory uh, now that week eight has rolled around. I believe their matchup will be closer than the experts call for. This one comes down to a field goal possibly. And I think the Pack will get their upset and make an argument to be one of – one of, if not the top team in the NFC. Uh, I'm going to be fully loaded on Let's this go. one. I'm going to take the money line bet plus 215. Let's go, Pat. Go and get some money, man. Um, and then just. That sounds awesome, man. Aaron, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is my fantasy quarterback. So I'm. I'm <laughs> that's that's going to be good for you. About 
I, I think they're going to light it up. 900 yards passing. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I I hope so. I'm I'm downside of that is the only thing that would stop me from going, you know, fully loaded on that. Um, Adams, uh, Aaron Rodgers, number one wide receiver is going to be out with COVID protocol. Uh, so keep that in mind when making your bets uh, tomorrow, guys. Um, but other than that, I, th- I I still believe the pack pull it out. Yeah, and you know I've noticed that betting straight up, which means taking one bet at a time, uh, is usually more successful. Although Vegas loves those parlays, man. They're they're cheap on the betters as far as putting yeah, stuff down, fine. and they they pay out a lot if they hit. But it's a lot harder to hit them. Uh, but I do want to go ahead and give y'all a parlay for the week. Um, we got to match up, you know, the Georgia Bulldogs playing the Gators. We got um, Ole Miss, I think. Actually, I'm not sure who they're playing. I did have that up on my phone, and I cannot remember. But anyways, we're going to take UGA at minus 14, Ole Miss at minus 2.5, and, and Penn State plus 19. I think Penn State, um, they're going to come back and win this game. Or not win this game, but they're going to keep it close with Ohio State after losing to uh, Iowa either last week or the week before. I think they're ready to set right. their season back on the right track. So throw a five on there, be fully loaded on that, have a big payout. Um, but, yeah, I think that's going to be it for the Vegas corner, man. So just to clarify, like, for example, the Georgia Bulldogs and Florida Gators, you're taking the Bulldogs minus 14, meaning if Georgia wins by 13 or less, the bet. then you lose that bet. Yep, yep so they, they need to win by two touchdowns or more. In order to bring it home, yes, right? Yes, sir. That sounds pretty awesome. Well, guys, we appreciate you got being a part of uh, season one, episode one of the Irrelevant Sports Guys podcast. Yes, sir. Come check We're us out on Instagram coming. and Twitter, guys. We got uh, we got some good content that's going to be being posted there. Some behind the scenes looks. Uh, we would love to know, you know, your comments on this show. Uh, we'll live and die by them, actually. You know, a lot of things that you guys give us in feedback yes. will go a long way into producing a better show for you each and every week. Um, but, yeah, Ricky, any last thoughts that you want to throw out there? Yeah, I just want to let everybody know we're, we're <clears throat> this is a work in progress. We are we're pushing to come up with creative things to make this interesting and fun. And we've got um, some guest calls scheduled in that we're going to have third-party guests in here. It's going to be hopefully a lot of fun and interactive. Go, when when you guys are listening, hit up our social medias. Um, like, subscribe, share. Send that stuff to your friends. Like anybody that you know that listens to sports, if you know anybody that may be interested in sports, maybe this can get them into the, sport, the sports world. Share it. We would appreciate it so much. We want to we wanna build a community. Reach out to people. Um, so hit us up on the on the Instagram, Twitter, um, all all the socials, guys. Yes, sir. Well, Ricky, I think that's a wrap, buddy. All right, man. Let's get the hell out of here. Let's go. Let's get it. See you, man. <laughs>